This is Palm Sunday. How we know this day so well, how it comes on our calendar, we get our palms and we reflect how he entered into Jerusalem and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. But yet, we oftentimes need to realize that we shall always say that every day. That he has come and we shall bless his holy name for the peace that he brings. He brings peace in heaven and the glory in the highest in heaven. Amen? Amen. That's what the word says. But yet, as he's entering and coming towards Jerusalem, and they're saying this as he's coming to the gates, as you look in the Luke, the 19th chapter, we find he weeps. He weeps. We're, we're familiar with Jesus weeping. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He wept with compassion. He's looked around there. But now we see him weeping and with another sense of compassion, another sense of urgency, with a whole different context. Well, I would like to press upon your heart is Christ's passion for peace. If you could turn with me to the Gospel of Luke 19 chapter, reading verses 41 to 44. I'm coming from the New Living Translation. The word of God says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not accept your opportunity for salvation. Let the translation says, for you missed my visitation. Passion for peace. He is crying. And while he's crying, he, is, he has a longing in this crying. Saying, how I wish today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today, that you of all people would understand the way to peace. The way to peace. Just look at this for a moment. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem, the capital city, the city that holds the tabernacle, the city that they pray so that God's presence will be in this place. And look here, look closely, God has showed up. But they missed it. God is there. But they missed it. It's kind of mind boggling how they can be saying one thing here. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessings of the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest of heaven. But then uh, a few days later they say crucify him. It's amazing how they're saying, here comes the king, and then later on they say, he is not our king. We only serve Caesar. If you had known, think about this for a moment. What do you know? Think about the things you know. When you know your television, you know how to work your television. Some of us have TVs that are so old, we know how a certain way you've got to turn them on. 
we, at, we know that if you lose a remote, you're in trouble because that power button's gone. Some of us had some of those old TVs where you had the pliers stuck in there so you could always change the channel. Some of us had those old TVs that had aluminum foil on them and you had a, a certain way just to make sure you had a good reception. Some of us know, like maybe our cell phones, you know your cell phone, you know your covers, and you know if there's a certain part in your house you don't go to because that call's going to be dropped. You know if you're going somewhere, tell somebody I'll call you later because my phone's about to go out. When you know your phone, when you know your appetite, you know there's certain places you want to go because they make the food just the way you like it. But here it is. Jesus is coming, but they did not know. Because if they didn't know, they would have peace. But since they do not know, peace is absent. Just think about, for example, somebody's coming to your house. Do you not make room for them? Do you not provide a place for them to sit? If they're coming over for eat, do you not prepare a special place for them? Don't you make sure when they come in the house to say, no, this is your place. Meaning, I designated this place for you. I prepared this place for you. Matter of fact, they ask you before you get there oftentimes just to make sure what you like. Because they want to make sure you are properly taken care of. When you go over to the house, they ask you, can you have sweetened tea or non-sweetened tea? They'll ask you, do you like butter or no butter? Do you like sugar or no sugar? Do you eat pork or do you eat beef? They try to find out how they can take care of you because they want to know you so they can take care of you. But here comes Jesus, and they don't know him, so they're missing out. But yet, the thing is this, that he was not coming for them to take, for them to take care of him, but he was coming to take care of them. But they were blind. Why were they blind? Because of sin. Sin blinds us. If you get real with it and you just stop talking in third person, you'll say, sin blinds me. Sin blinds us, then sin binds us, and then sin breaks us. Look in the text. Because they were blind, they missed out on peace. And since they missed out on peace, they were bound. How were they bound? It says their enemies put ramparts or barricades around them. Why would an enemy do so? To trap you. And then when they were trapped, they were crushed. Y'all see that right there in the text? You see that? They were blinded, they were binded, and they were broken. When we allow sin to blind us, we miss out on the blessing that God has for us, and we receive the destruction that is due to disobedience. I, I know we love the Lord, and we were singing how much we love him, and we lift up our voice. But when you love the Lord, you also know that he's a just God. And if he's a just God, then you also know that he's a holy God. And when you know he's a holy God, then you know that he has called you to be holy. Jesus said it, God said it, be ye holy as I am holy. Then he goes on, so you look here, look here. God wants us to know him so much that he sent his son so you can see the fullness of his glory. But yet when we are blinded by sin, we cannot see what is before us. Because then we reject him. 
by being blinded by him. We reject him. I, I, I want you to catch this. When we sin, we are rejecting God. I didn't think I was going to get some amens on that. Because it hurts. It should hurt. It hurts me deep in my soul when I think about how much God loves me and how much I have hurt him. Some of you need to look over your lives and realize that you don't have it all together. You, you might walk around and act like you're better than somebody else. But when Jesus shows up, you're going to be trembling in your boots, realizing that I am really nothing in his presence. There's none righteous, but we get caught up sometimes that we got it so much together that when Jesus does show up, we say, I got it. And look what's happened. He's coming into Jerusalem, and they're thinking they understand because they think they got this. The Pharisees and Sadducees letting them know, we got this. Who are you, Jesus, to come up here and teach? Who taught you? He's going to say to them, I come from the Father. They looking at him and saying, wait a minute. What you know about Abraham? He's some 100 years old. He said before Abraham was, I am. Then they got upset. Because they understood what I am meant. I am means to be Jehovah, to be self-existent. I am the Lord. And they realized that, wait a minute, he's trying to tell us something that we don't know. What happens when somebody tells you something that you don't know? That pride gets up in you. That ego gets in you. That you think you know better. But you don't do better. Because you're blind take you back, just a little side note, just going to have a little fun, see you will laugh, maybe not, but either way. It was a rap song out there saying, you blind, you can't see, you better get some glasses like DMC. <laughs> and the sad thing is that when we are blind and our vision is impaired, we don't seek to get help. And we walk around fumbling and bumbling, falling into the enemy's traps. Look at the enemy's trap. He traps them in their city. Look how the enemy traps you. He traps you in what you cherish. He traps you in what you find desirable. He traps you in what you think is better than what God has given you. And then what do we do? Once he gets you caught up on that, then he'll destroy that. And once, once he destroys that, then you're left broken. I, 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 let me help you out. Uh, you may not be following me here, but let me give you a good old example. We all know the story of Samson. If not, let me update you. Samson. Samson was a great man, full of strength, called by God to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. And God had a uh, longing desire for women. And I think the women really liked him because he was a strapping, strong man that could do all kinds of things. He's defeated a lion with his bare hands. He defeated an army, a, a thongs of army with a jawbone. He was able to break out of cords and beat people down barehanded. This was a strong man, but yet his strength and his cunning and his wisdom became his trapment. It entrapped him so much so that when he told his no good wife, 
the secret of his cunning poem. This no good wife went and told the same people, then he had to go and kill some people to pay the debt. Then, then she remarried somebody else while he was gone, and then they got, he got mad again. Then they killed her and the family, then he killed them. It entrapped him, his cunning and his strength. Then some days he fell down the road, and he fell in love with a woman who did not love him, and he told her all his secrets. And she bound him in his own secrets. See how the enemy will trap you? He will take what you think is good, butter you up, entice you, and then bind you only to crush you. The enemy only seeks to destroy. So we have to be aware of the tricks of the enemy. The result of the rejection of their peace is to accept war. Because peace means lack of war. Peace means that we have tranquility or harmony. Peace means that we're in good standing with God. Jesus says, here I come to bring peace, but you're blind. You're blind to the facts. And since you're blind to the facts, you're going to be bound. How are you going to be bound? He says an army will encamp you. He is speaking literally here within this text. A man named Titus is going to show up and go around Jerusalem around 70 A.D. And he's going to crush and destroy their walls and their temple. This is in about 40 years. Jesus prophesied about 40 years. You are about to be destroyed and have war. But look here, look here. Jesus is only repeating what we find over and all in the text. In Jeremiah, he says, uh, would not the Lord save you? In Isaiah, would not the Lord save you? In Hosea, will not the Lord save you? But instead, they rebel against God and they get crushed. Can I walk down your block? Think about the many times you rebelled. And rejected God. My question is to you. Were you crushed? And if you were crushed. There's no shame in this, in this place. Just go and say. Ouch. No, oh, I don't want to say ouch. I can say ouch. Because I've been crushed. Because the enemy confuses us. To think we know that we know what we're doing. That we don't operate on faith. But we move in uncertainty. Uncertainty is when we justify what we're doing. We're not sure that it's right, but it looks right. It feels right, so it must be right. When faith is, I know it's right, so I'm going to act right. But when the devil's moving in with us, we're unsure, so we do it anyway, hoping for a good chance. In other words, gambling. We just roll the dice and see what falls. But with God, I don't have to take a chance. I know what is right. But yet when we reject him, we open ourselves to be ashamed. Jeremiah 6, chapter 15, verses, were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall at the time that I punish them. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. Don't be so blind that you don't blush at your own sin. Don't be so blind you do not blush at your own sin. Too many times that we, 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 we confess our sins, but we don't repent from them because we're not ashamed of them. I'll say that again. Only one person over here got that. I'll say it one more time. I want y'all to catch this too. We only confess our sins. We don't repent because we're not ashamed of them. Amen, somebody. 
Because when we confess, we acknowledge that it's wrong, but we repent, we, Lord, I am grieved, I am upset that I hurt you, God, and I do not want to do this again. We should be so in a sense of repentance that we realize how much we hurt God that it hurts us. I got upset playing a video game, and I punched the couch downstairs in our basement. And I punched the couch so hard that I punctured the cushion and my hand went into a nail. And when my hand went into the nail, I was all right because I was a man. I was like, it's all right. And I kept on playing the game. But then I think, I don't know if it was the next day or what happened, all of a sudden my hand swelled up like it was in a cartoon. It swelled up. You could not see the webbing in between my fingers. You saw nothing but blood rushed in me. My mom took me to the doctor and I had a blood poisoning that infected me. And the doctor said that you're lucky that we have modern medicine now because back in the day we had to cut your hand off in order to save you. And when I realized how much pain I was in and the and the cause, the pain I caused my body and how my body was, cause it's a, was in a chance of dying by this one act of punching this couch, this one nail that punctured my skin. I had a blood infection. Y'all know your blood runs through your body. Come on, somebody. Had a blood infection. And the doctor was saying if this was before we had modern medicine, we would have to cut the hand off. Never again did I punch that couch. Because I do not want to suffer that again. I learned my lesson. But some of us are walking around wounded. Because we didn't learn the lesson the first time. So we have the scars, the bruise, the nubs to show it. Because we're blinded, then we're binded, and then we were broke. But yet, there's a a joy we can celebrate here. Because Jesus came to bring peace. Y'all see that in the text? He said, if you receive me, then you will have what? Peace. What does peace look like? Peace is like still water. Have you ever been to the beach and the waves are simmered down and it's still and oftentimes it's at night when it's still and quiet. Oh, that's peace. Peace is on a hot summer day. You are in a shaded area with your iced tea or lemonade and a cool breeze that is gentle just moves the heat off the body. Oh, that's peace. Peace is when you come from a rough day into the arms of the one you love. Oh, that's peace. Peace is that when you're walking, walking all by yourself and nobody's bothering you, but you hear the birds chirping. Oh, that's peace. Peace is that you had a rough day and you go to bed, but you wake up with a smile on your face. That's peace. Jesus said, I've come.
to give you peace. But that's the world peace. He come to give us peace, not like the world gives. But he came to give us peace that only he can give. Let me read something to you from Romans 8, verses 3 through 9. It says, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the, of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset of the flesh is hostile towards God, it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Hallelujah. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But if anyone has the spirit of God that dwells in him, they have life and peace. Life and peace. Tell your neighbor, I want life and peace. I want life and peace. I want life and peace. You can have the whole world. You can have silver and gold, but I want life and peace. You can have a big house. You can have a fancy car, but I want life and peace. You can have everything the world can have to offer, but give me Jesus, life and peace. You can give me empty promises. You can give me broken jewelry, but I want life and peace because I give God my broken broken heart. And my broken heart, he can piece it back together. And when he pieces it back together, he puts some ingredients in it that weren't in there before. He puts life and peace. He gives me joy, unspeakable joy. He gives me grace that meets me every morning. He gives me mercy that surely follows me all the days of my life. Aren't you glad that the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lords of Lords, the Lily in the valley is watching over me. I'm glad about it, good God from Zion. Don't you know he's come to bring us peace? No longer do you got to fight a losing battle with the enemy because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Devil, you've been defeated. Devil, you have no place. Devil, you can't run up in my house Acting the fool because my house, my house belongs to the Lord. You can't bound me, you can't surround me. Though my enemies surround me and are camped around me, I'm glad that God makes them stumble and fall. Aren't you glad that He can lift you up? He can exalt you. He can tear down whatever the enemy puts up against you because He brings peace. The passion of peace. The passion of peace. 
Will you let him have the passion of peace? Will you let Jesus have the passion of peace in you? Will you let him? Will you let him? And he's coming. He is coming. He is coming. Tell your neighbor, he is coming. Help me preach this thing. Tell your neighbor, he is coming. Will you let him in? Oh, some of y'all are not catching on. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. And you can't let him in if he's not already in. He says, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. Behold, I stand at the door knocking. Seeking who's going to let me in. Because when you let him in, he says, I will commune and sup with you. That sounds like a visitation. This is the peace that Jesus gives you. That though your mother or your father may forsake me, the Lord will take me in. (laughs) This is the peace of the Lord. I cried out to the Lord and he heard my despair cry. Oh, that's peace. The Lord is a present help in the time of trouble. Oh, that is peace. You know, I had such a peace on Saturday. I was just at home, just in my word. Had a program I was supposed to be to, so I didn't want to go because I was having so much good time with my God. Y'all, y'all that miss somebody. Because when I'm alone with my Jesus, oh, I get a peace that takes over me. Have you tried them? Have you tried? Oh, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I'm trying to leave y'all alone, God. I'm done preaching now. I'm just testifying right now. I'm done done preaching now. But my soul cries out because he's been too good to me. Because I was crying at my house all by myself. I was crying because how much he loves me. And I wasn't crying because of his love, but I was crying because how much he loves me. I've hurt him that much. But his love has covered me. Who is that your testimony? Lord, I've hurt you so much, but your love covers me. Every lie I've told, every deceitful thing I've done, every wicked thought I had, on top of that, he says, I love you more. Oh, don't miss his visitation. Let him come in. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Your house, not your physical house, but where you live and the people that live in there might be in shambles and might be in problems. Let Jesus visit. He'll bring peace. Your job getting on your last nerves. Let Jesus visit. He'll bring peace. You up in the hospital. Let Jesus visit. He'll bring peace. 
your neighborhood, you don't feel safe walking out your front door, let Jesus visit. He'll bring peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hear somebody saying he can't stop bullets. Oh, yes, he can. If my God is allowing bullets to be made, then also my God will make sure that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm trying to leave y'all alone, but God, he got me something. He got me something, so I got to be obedient. Do you understand that the power of our Lord and say how he desperately wants to bring peace in your life? But he cries when you reject him. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, man. Oh, God. But he cries when you reject him. He desires to give you everything that you, do, you truly want. But you say, no, Lord, I want what I already have. But he says, I, I want to bring peace into your life. But you say, I'm satisfied where I am. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you're blind. You say, you are not my king. You can remove the blinders now. You can remove the blinders now. And just surrender to him. Just surrender to him. Whatever is binding you. Whatever you're holding on to. Just let it go. Just let it go. It's okay. It is okay because God is greater. God is bigger. When we come into these doors, it's an opportunity for us to bring all those little gods that we've been having in our lives to bring before the great God and find how small they really are. Find how small your checking account really is. Find how small your car really is. How your position at your job, how small that really is. How big you think your name is out in the community, how small that really is. Because there's only one name that you can call in and be saved. There's only one riches that will never run dry. It is time for us to say, Lord, we come to you. We come to you. And this is not a one-day thing. This is a every second, every minute, every hour, every day thing. 365 plus because, you know, come leap, you got to add on one more day. It's every day. We got to say, Lord, I seek after you. And is your peace I want? Is that your desire? Let us bow our heads. Father, we come to you, God. We desire your peace. We desire your presence in our lives. Lord, we're sorry for being selfish. We're sorry, God, for the many idols we allow to sneak in. Lord, we repent. We don't want to just confess, but we repent. We want to change our minds to better glorify you, God. We give our house over to you, Lord. We give our jobs over to you. We give our possessions over to you because, Lord, they all belong to you. Father, Lord, we're sorry for thinking that we have made something, we have created something. For, God, only you are the creator. Father, have your way have your way with us. Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, Father, I pray they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for their sins and that he rose from the grave on the third day and has ascended to be at the right hand of you. Father, I pray that they believe that right now, God. And all who call in the name of the Lord shall 
be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May we stand. Oh, bless the Lord in this place. Oh, you can do better than that. Can we worship our almighty God? Oh, hallelujah, God. We magnify you, God. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. You are so good, oh God. We extend our hands to you. There's someone here today who does not know Jesus. Apart from this, we extend our hands to you. There's someone here today. We welcome you here in this place. There's someone here today. If you don't feel comfortable walking out, that's all right. You don't have to walk the aisles. Just give God your heart. But if you're looking for a church home, we want to welcome you here in this place. So if you want to seek us after service, give me your phone call, email me. I'm on the website. Get on the website. You get all my information. Holler at your boy. I'm right here. We want to serve you. We want to serve you. We see this number coming forward. We thank God that his grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. And he's abounding in loving kindness. Amen. As we still standing, amen, I'm going to ask Pastor Paul.